There is nothing like worshiping, right? You can just kind of lay it all down at his feet. Amen. Amen. Woo. I'm excited today because I have one of my favorite people preaching with us today, with me. Um, you guys love her, but I want you to give her some love this morning. Don, I want you to come on up here with me. Come on, Pastor Don. I'm excited. I'm going to scoot up here on Christian just a little bit. Um, as many of you know, we have been, you may put this, give this to Don. As many of you know, we have been on this uh, series called Redeeming Ritual. Jeff talked to us about that a few minutes ago. And um, to, to be honest, when we set in on doing this series, I thought, how are we going to do that in a modern setting? Because we have our own rituals. They just don't happen to be all of the rituals we've been talking about. We do communion every first Sunday of the month. We do say the Lord's Prayer, right? We do baptism. The thing about the church is I think sometimes we just haven't talked about it that much because it's become the ritual and a part of what we do. But today particularly, we're going to talk about something that we very seldom ever do in Thrive or Crosswalk. So I'm going to have you guys stand aware that some of you have, may never have said this before ever, so that's okay, all right? Let me start by saying if you have never said this, it's okay. But if you have, lead those around you. So stand with us, and we're going to say this together, Jackie. All right, here we go. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried, the third day rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. So for us, this is what we call in the uh, Methodist Church and in several different denominations, we call it the Apostles' Creed. And we're going to talk about this today with a lot of help from Don. I'm so excited. I can't wait. And don't get, don't get worried. It, this, you're you're going to enjoy where we're going with this today. Some of you look like, oh, great, I get to learn about that. Um, but hang on, because this is a part of our faith journey, because this is what we believe. This is like our life mission statement, right, of what do I really believe? Do you ever ask yourself, what, what do I really believe? Like, I know what I've been told all my life. I know what Sunday school told me. I know what church told me. I know what my parents told me. But what do I really believe? Think about that for a minute. What do you really believe? Do you believe in a loving God that loves all people? And here's what I want you to understand before we ever get started is that you matter here at Lover's Lane. You are loved and you are loved just like you are. Just like you are. 
I need you to understand that who you love, who you care about, what is in your life, you belong here. You matter here. And we want you to understand that. But we want you to also know that Jesus loves you. That Jesus loves you. And that's not because of a song we sang growing up to make our kids go to sleep or to help us go to sleep. It is what we believe to the fullest is that you are loved and you are fully loved by God. So what we're going to do today is we're going to redeem this ritual a little bit and bring it back to life in a way that I hope you leave today going, that's exactly what I believe. Or maybe it makes you question a little bit about what you've always thought and maybe you go, well, maybe I had it wrong. Maybe I had it right. But we're going to break it down and I'm going to take a part and then Dawn's going to take a part. But I'm going to let Dawn kind of talk a little bit about um, what this means to her. What does it mean to you? Well, I grew up saying it every single Sunday as a preacher's kid. I'm curious, how many of you grew up saying this in church? Well, there we go, probably about half of us. Um, but you know what I remember the most about it, sadly, is that I, we just said it by rote because we said it every week. So it was just like, okay, we got that done, check that off the list. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like that we're spending time in this service that we don't normally say the Apostles' Creed to kind of dive in and say, what is the Apostles' Creed? What do I believe? Mm -hmm. Because I think we really need to be able to put into words there's a scripture that says that, right? Mm -hmm. Be always ready to give an account of what you believe to others. So if somebody asks you, what do you believe about Jesus? What do you believe about the Holy Spirit? Maybe this will help. Mm -hmm. That's my hope. Mm -hmm. so, so the why. Yes. The why. Why we do this. Why it's important to us is because it also is who we are, yes, right? It's our identity. It's our identity. It, it's what unites us. So when we say it together, it's like this is why we're here. This is what we believe. This is what we want to take out to the world and tell other people. Amen. I love it. She's so good, isn't she? If you don't know Don, I forget. If you don't know Don, Don is one of our pastors. She is over our care ministry. She is over our recovery ministry. Don kind of does the gamut. And um, if you've never met her, uh, yeah, they're asking me to get you to hold your mic up just a little oh. bit more where they can hear you. Okay. Um, this anything? is Pastor Don. <laughs> so if you've not had the honor and the privilege to meet Don yet, you need to take a moment, meet her, you will love her. So, Don, let's break it down a little bit. Okay. And so what I thought is I would break it down with the first line that says, Believe in God the Father Almighty. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. What does that mean? What does that mean? The creed begins with God, for God is both the beginning and the end. Did you know that? Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and he is the end. There is only God, the God who created the heavens and earth, God who spoke the word and the word became flesh. In John 1, 1, it says, in the beginning was the word because he spoke it, because he spoke it. So when we open, it's really important. You remember, you've always got to have a really good opening, right? And then you've got to have a really good close. And our opening is saying, God, I believe in God. I don't sort of, or maybe, or kind of, but no, I believe. I, don't, I may not understand it all, but I believe in the God who created the heavens and the earth and the God that spoke life into the Word. 
Amen. And I'm so glad we're outside today because I know. I know as we were worshiping, especially that last song that Leah sang, I'm thinking, wow, what a perfect place to talk about God the creator. Because usually mm -hmm. when we're inside, we're looking up at the ceiling and thinking, oh, some contractor put that in really nice. But <laughs> we're looking at the work of the creator. But this right contractor here. was pretty yes. crazy, wasn't he? Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So you might say, why don't we just stop with that? Why don't we just stop and say, okay, that's good enough. We believe in God. Well, the second line is really, really important. And in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. You know, a lot of religions believe in God. But what sets Christianity apart is that we believe that God came to earth in the incarnation. That's what Christmas is all about. And in, in Jesus, um, he redeemed the world. God redeemed the world. Um, the creed says the son of God. You might think, what does that mean? It's not son in the earthly sense. Um, son of God throughout the Old Testament is used to talk about God's chosen king, like David is called the Son of God. Saul is called the Son of God. But what makes Jesus different is he is the Son of God. These other ones are, you could just say, sons of God. Um, but the Messiah, you know, the, the Jewish people were looking for the Messiah, and that's exactly what it means. It means the anointed one. And they were looking for a king who would come in and unite Israel. Because back in those days, they didn't have separation of church and state like we do, which I think it's a lot smarter to have what we do, because they would always think that somebody like Jesus was there to overthrow Rome, and Jesus wasn't interested in that at all. He was a spiritual king. He was interested in something much bigger than overthrowing the current government. So uh, we need to think about that, too, as we sometimes get pretty unhappy with elections coming up about our government. And, you know, sometimes we think, wow, we should just, Christians should just take over the country. And, you know, to a certain extent that's true, but I think there's a real wisdom to the separation of church and state. We take over in the way Jesus did, by the way we live our lives, by the way we witness to others, not by going in and doing a coup and taking over the government and making everybody say the Ten Commandments in school and all that. So I might get a little controversial there, but I think the important thing to realize is that Jesus is the Lord of our lives, and that's how we need to, to live our lives. He was not here for an earthly kingdom. He said to Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. Yeah. So we're talking about a spiritual king that will take us into eternal life way beyond this world. And these things will all pass, but Jesus's kingdom will go forever. And just as another little side note, Jesus also, uh, when the angel came to Joseph, he said, um, you will have a son and you will name him Yeshua is the way you say mm -hmm. the Hebrew name. Isn't that beautiful? A lot of times when I'm praying, I'll just say Yeshua because I think that's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, but it means um, he saves. He'll save his people. And then at Christmas time, we say Emmanuel, which is uh, God come to earth, you know, God among us. But I think the most important part is Lord, is, is Jesus the Lord of our lives because that's really what makes us Christians is when we put mm -hmm. Jesus as the Lord of our lives. It's mm, beautiful. You did great. <laughs> and then you gave me the third one. And I think actually I did it to myself. I guess um, you did. <laughs> he was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Go for it. <laughs> mm. So, um, yeah, that's pretty clear. Uh, the Holy Spirit was working before Jesus was ever born. That is what I love about that part, is the Holy Spirit was already working before Jesus was ever born. The Holy Spirit breathed life into Mary, and she was pregnant with Jesus. Hmm. 
Come on now. Only the Holy Spirit could do that. Amen? Amen? Amen. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is still moving and birthing new life in all of us. It just looks a little bit different, right? What does that mean? Because only the Holy Spirit could breathe the life of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Only the Holy Spirit could do that. So when we say that, that is really what we mean. There is nothing you can go, and there's a lot of people, I realize, that research and try and figure out, was it really a virgin birth? Really? Absolutely. When you really dive deep into what that meant, it's because the Holy Spirit breathed life. We may not have gotten pregnant, but we've all been in a place where we know the Holy Spirit has breathed life into a circumstance we have been a part Amen. of. Amen. We have all been in a place where we knew that if it weren't for the Holy Spirit, we're not sure where we would have been. And so I think this line, as funny as I think it is in trying to teach it sometimes, I think it's vital that we understand that when the Holy Spirit speaks, not only does the Holy Spirit speak, but the Holy Spirit brings life to what the Holy Spirit speaks. And God can do anything, right? Absolutely. If God created the earth, why in the world couldn't he use a, a young girl That's right. to bring Jesus? That's I mean, right. I don't think it's that far a leap from the creation. I don't either. So, But a lot of people get hung up on that. Uh, the fourth one is just kind of telling a little bit about the story of Jesus, which you all know, I'm sure. Um, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. Well, Philippians 2, 6 to 8 says about Jesus, Though he was in the form of God, he emptied himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on, an, on a cross. Isn't it amazing that God would come to earth? That's amazing in itself, mm -hmm. but that he would suffer and die for us. You know, if you think about some of the things Jesus went through, not only in his ministry, but especially uh, on Good Friday, you know, he was tortured, he was humiliated. You know, our, cro our pictures of the cross always show a little linen cloth there, but he was naked. Mm -hmm. You know, he, that was about as humiliating and painful a human experience as anyone could have. And yet, he was so much God through that. I mean, who else could watch a soldier putting pins, nails into his arms and nailing him to a cross and still say, Father, forgive them for they know what they're not, do not know what they're doing. And also when he was on the cross, he looked down at his mother and made sure that the disciple next to her was going to take mm -hmm. care of her after he left. I mean, even on the cross, he showed the ultimate love. Um, mm -hmm. I think when we think about all this that happened to Jesus, that it kind of gives us perspective for our own lives because we think we may have to suffer sometimes, maybe not like that, but we have an, an image of what it looks like to suffer, and we have a Savior that understands us when we're in those holes. You know, Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. He knew exactly what he was doing. Right. He, he knew that was what he came to earth for, and uh, I think it just makes us so grateful when we think about this. Even as we come into the Christmas season soon, this is why this baby came you know, mm -hmm. to, to suffer and die for us. Mm -hmm. And I think about that Elvis Presley song. I know you know it. You probably burst into it right now. Um, who am I? Mm -hmm. You know, who am I that a king would, would bleed, bleed and, and die for? for? Mm -hmm. And that was Elvis Presley singing that. They called him the king, but he knew he wasn't mm -hmm. the king. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this was really the king. And the, the real king bled and died for us. So we would never, ever want to forget that. Mm -hmm. So the fifth one says, And on the third day he rose from the dead. 
And this is probably my favorite. Because I'm going to quote my friend over here, Lynn. Can I do that? Do you mind, Lynn, if I quote you? Let me tell you what that means. He ain't dead. Amen. (laughs) That's what Lynn would say. He ain't dead. Amen. 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 I don't hear what anybody says. The thing that I love about the God that I serve is that my God is not in a tomb. My God is not buried somewhere that they can't find. My God is alive. And not only is he alive, but he is alive forevermore. He paid a price for us all and the ultimate sacrifice that was given. But the sacrifice was given and then he rose again. So, Lynn, he ain't dead. Amen. He ain't dead. He ain't dead. The great theologian, Lynn. That's it. He reminds us. The next line says, He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the hand of God the Father Almighty. Well, you know, sometimes we forget there were 40 days between the resurrection and what we call the ascension. Right. And during those 40 days, Jesus talked to the disciples. He went through my mic. There, there we go. go. Um, anyway, he gave us a picture of what our heavenly bodies might look like. Uh-oh. And if you're interested in that, uh, there's a book called Heaven by Randy Alcorn, where he takes those 40 days that Jesus was on this earth and shows how we might be like that. The part that I particularly like is that we get to eat in heaven. <laughs> yes. And no calories, I think. Yeah. So, but anyway, the important thing to, to realize is that there were a lot of appearances made during that time between the resurrection and the ascension. And then in this dramatic moment, Hollywood couldn't have written it any better, uh, Jesus took 11 of the 12 disciples. You remember by this time, um, Judas has fallen away. And uh, yeah. took them up to the Mount of Olives, and he blessed them and talked to them and uh, gave them some instructions. And then it says, while he blessed them, I think we just got you squeezing on the bottom is what he said. I don't know how to hold a microphone. You're good. You're good. I was just happy when I took my mask off. I didn't accidentally put it back on with the lipstick on my nose. (laughs) Have y'all ladies noticed that? If you haven't done that yet, watch out. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, Jesus took the 11 disciples up to the Mount of Olives, and um, it says, um, let's see, while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. So uh, you can imagine that scene that they're actually watching him go up into heaven. And in one of the Gospels, I think it's Luke, they say that he'll, he'll return the same way. So that's a pretty cool scene. Mm-hmm. But what is this about sitting on the right hand of God? I think we can say, there's not, they're not just sitting up there in chairs, you know, okay, Jesus, you sit there, you know, you sit there. I, th- I don't think that's it at all. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor for if you went to a banquet with a king, say, and you were asked to sit on the right hand, that was ex- mm-hmm. being exalted. So it says that God took this human that was fully God and fully human and exalted him to this place right at God's right hand or really as part of God. But we're not going to get into the Trinity because that gets really complicated. But um, anyway, it's a place of honor. And the point is that Jesus was exalted and returned to his rightful position in heaven after all the suffering he did on earth. Mm. And then I think you're going to talk more about that. I am. Because it says he will come again to judge the living and the dead. So I thought about this a long time. Like, There's so much you could dive into this portion of it that would take uh, the whole sermon to really talk about that. But here's where I kind of resolve to on this part for us today is 
This means there are consequences to our actions. It doesn't mean that there's not grace and there's not mercy and how God applies that, but it does mean that there are consequences to our actions. We don't like this part very much, do we? It holds us accountable. It holds me accountable to think that I have failed God, I have failed others, or I have done something to the place where he has to hold me accountable. Now, I also think that the way Jesus judged is not the way we judge. Amen. I don't think Jesus comes down here and says, okay, you cut your hair too short or you let it go too long or you should have done this. I don't think that's how Jesus does it. As, has somebody said that's a good thing? That's right. That was Bob Baker. It is a good Amen. thing. But I think when we think of that, we only think of it in the way that we would do it. But yet, nothing says I have the right to judge anyone. That's why this is in here that says he will come again to judge the living and the dead. Nothing says that's my problem or my responsibility. Amen. Nothing says that. He says he will come again. Now that's the cool part. I like that part. But I think in how he looks, here's the other part is I think sometimes when we talk about judgment, we think that's a bad thing. Because I don't know about you, when I think someone's judging me, I think they're always going to find the bad things instead of seeing some of the good things too. And so I, I put myself out there and, 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 and I have to tell you, being a pastor and being in worship and doing what I do is totally God. It tells you God has a sense of humor because Amen. I am not an extrovert. I'm a total introvert. And so I'm always finding the things wrong with myself. But what if Jesus actually comes to judge you and when he judges you, he finds the good in you that you were never able to find in yourself. Amen. Have you ever thought about it that way? What if he comes and he says, you know what? You were made in my image and you are perfect, just like you are. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you were perfect. You made some bad decisions because you were human. You made some bad choices because you know what? You didn't know any better, but that's what my grace and that's what my mercy was for because I knew you wouldn't know any better. But what if we turn around and we looked and we thought when Jesus comes to judge, he says, well done. Thy good and faithful servant. Amen. Well done. That's what I'm hoping for. Me too. <laughs> wow. Mm -hmm. Well said. Well, I get to do the Holy Spirit too. I know. I'm excited. You didn't get the Holy Spirit all to yourself. I, I got it too. The next line is, I believe in the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus talked a lot about the Holy Spirit. And he told the disciples that the Holy Spirit was going to come after he left earth. And I, I think, wow, yeah, the Holy Spirit's definitely here today. I know that. Um, but he called the Holy Spirit by this name called paraclete, mm. which is really funny. I remember writing papers in seminary. It would always try to turn it into parakeet. <laughs> but it's, par it's paraclete, and that's a Greek word that actually mm -hmm. means 
come, come. aside right. or like an advocate. It's like if, if you were in trouble for something and you hired a defense attorney, that defense attorney would stand up and fight for you. So I think that piggybacks right on what you were saying. We're always thinking Jesus or the Holy Spirit or God are, are judging us. And really, they're advocating for us. They're walking beside right. us. They're our best cheerleaders. You know, so I love that idea. And I also love there's more than just the Apostles' Creed. Uh, there's also some other creeds, and one of them is called the Korean Creed, which I really love. Korea would like it. Korea would like it. You would like the Korean Creed. Yes, you would. <laughs> She's laughing. But anyway, in the Korean Creed, it says, The Holy Spirit is God present with us for guidance, for comfort, and for strength. Isn't that beautiful? Mm, that's beautiful. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. It gives us guidance, gives us comfort when we need it. How many times have we experienced the great comfort in our lives? I think that was really my first encounter with a real personal God was as the great comforter. And then the strength for those times we need strength. That's what the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. does um, and in my experience, you really have to listen for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not going to knock you in the head. Well, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes oh, no. when Dee Dee's singing, the Holy Spirit knocks me yeah. in the head. But, or Leah, or, or Josh, or a lot of the band people. But I think we have to listen for those little whispers, mm -hmm. the little nudges, the little like you're in the shower and you suddenly just have this great idea. Maybe that's the Holy Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. And how many times, yes, Lynn, say that again. Amen. Yes. And how many times do we just walk by those moments? How many Holy Spirit moments do we miss in a day? Mm. I hate to think about that. So I try really hard not to miss those moments. And I kind of, as I was writing about this, I thought about three things that I like about the Holy Spirit. And I'm, I think I made these up. Maybe mm -hmm. I pulled it out of my brain somewhere. But think about the three Ps. God's presence. You actually feel that presence of God. Sometimes it can feel like a warm hug mm -hmm. or, a, you know, just a, a presence with you. Um, and then power. It will give us power to do something, maybe when we're feeling weak or unable to do it. We get an actual burst of power. And then the most important thing, I think, for me at least, is peace. You know, that peace that passes understanding. It's really supernatural. It, you know, we really are believing in supernatural things. So uh, if there's any scientists out there... Um, I think science and faith go together very well, but we do have to say this is one of those things that goes way beyond science. We can't even put it into words, what the Holy Spirit does for us. In fact, there's even a scripture that says when we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit prays for us with groans. Right. And uh, sometimes that's all we can do is just groan. And Oof. that's the Holy Spirit with us. Amen. That's a good one. I'm not going to stay long on this, but I will explain it because for me, I know growing up as a kid, this one always stumped me, which was the Holy <laughs> Catholic Church and the communion of the saints. I got the communion part. I didn't always understand. Yeah, we're not Catholic. We're not Catholic, <laughs> right? But the term Catholic is with a lowercase c in this, right? It refers to a specific denomination or group of Christians. And when you go to study it, I love this. This is one of my favorite things, and I even have it written down um, at my desk in a little drawer. And it says the term comes from two Greek words. It says throughout the world. That's really what the word Catholic means, is throughout the world. So when we're talking about the Holy Catholic Church, we're not talking about the Catholic Church, capital C. We're talking about little c. We're talking about throughout the world. They both basically mean through all time or the wholeness of the church in Christ, right? That means forever and ever throughout the world. That's that simple. 
But it took me a minute to get there because I thought, well, why mm -hmm. did we put that in there? Yeah, do we have to listen why to the Why do you pope? say the Methodist church? Or, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's standard pope. Exactly. So that's kind of a quick, easy. Yeah, okay. that's easy to yeah. clear up. All right, well, I got the forgiveness of sins is the next one. And like Didi's already said, um, God is all about grace. You know, how many of you even hear that word sin and just cringe? You know, maybe think of some sermons you've heard that were really judgmental or, or something maybe somebody said about you and your life judging you. Um, so think of it in another way. The Greek word for sin is harmartia, harmartia. Mm, and it's an archery term. It's like if you went to practice your bow and arrow, yeah, like she mm -hmm. just showed you, <laughs> um, and you missed the target. That's what sin is. And how many times do we miss the target? Always. Yeah, yeah. pretty much all day long, right? Yeah. For me, anyway. Yeah. Um, so that's all sin is. It's just when we're not living up to what God created us to be. Uh, it's not about who we are. We are not a sin. We are God's creation. That's right. uh, so the times we mess up and we miss the mark, that's sin. It's when we fall short from the wholeness that God has for us. Um, and that's when we realize we do need forgiveness. And that's when we can say, oh, God, I'm sorry. And it's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. You don't have to put on sackcloth and ashes and wail and, you know, do, do a bunch of stuff. All you have to do is just a simple, oh, I'm sorry, I messed that mm -hmm. up. And it's over. And God immediately forgives you. It's just mm -hmm. immediate. Uh, and God doesn't want us to go around feeling guilty and to hang our heads and, oh, I'm a sinful worm or anything like mm -hmm. that. It's all about self-awareness, you know, and God wants us to get better. God wants to transform us mm -hmm. and let us live up to our full potentials. So when we hear something like that, the forgiveness of sins, and our first reaction is to think, oh, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. Remember, it's God's grace Despite our human mistakes, um, God is transforming us into something that is going to go into eternal life. That's right. Spoiler alert, that's coming up. It is. <laughs> and then there is, I believe, in the resurrection of the body. And I won't take long on this because I know we're running out of time. But this means even after death, your soul is restored to new life. Can I get a witness? Even after death, your soul is restored to new life. This is not where it ends. This is actually where it all begins. Amen. Amen. This is actually where it all begins. Amen. And the last line, the life everlasting. How many times when we face death and maybe a family member or a friend, do we just go to this dark place and we let society's images of death and suffering just kind of take us over and we forget, my gosh, this person is crossing over into eternal life. It's beautiful. It's what Paul said, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. And that's where the rubber meets the road with our faith. If you believe then let's act like it. When we go to funerals, yeah, let's cry because we're going to miss the people. But let's remember, they're going on to something wonderful and beautiful, and someday we're going to go on to that. And that's what this creed tells us. We have that promise. And I'm just going to close with one quick thing. Go for it. Um, if anybody is just so into the creed, they want to read more about it, I doubt it. But <laughs> there's a book called Creed by Adam Hamilton. He's a, a United Methodist pastor, and he ends it this way. I end every funeral I preach in the same way, and also I end my Easter sermon this way. I say, people ask me all the time if I really believe that Jesus rose from the dead and has gone on to prepare a place for us, that death doesn't have the final word in our lives, and that because he lives, we will live also. 
And my answer is always the same. I say, I not only believe it, I'm counting on it. Amen. Amen.